We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Hi and welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel Gilchrist. I'm joined by Master of Wine Meg Brotman. And I got to tell you, I'm not normally into like no and low alcohol wine, but I'm really excited to do this podcast simply on the basis of your reaction, Meg. Mm. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not really looking forward to it. But hey, going with open minds, I think I'm just so sh- oh, scarred by yeah. the, uh, the, the wines that have been available. So yeah. uh, there's new technologies. Yeah. One of the wines I know is the, the Geeson one. They're they're picking early in the vineyard, so it's not necessarily all about dealkalisation. Yeah. So yes, but it will it's be. So, so like we're filming two today. We're going to film this one, then we're going to film next week's as well. And when we were talking about last week, Meg's like, "Oh, what what podcasts are we doing next?" And I was like, "No one will go home." Meg's like, "Oh, you're shitting me! Like, yeah. there's no freaking way I'm doing this." I wasn't excited to get out of bed this morning. I can tell you that. <laughs> so- I had to like negotiate and it was like, okay, what if we do French wine as well? Will you come in for French wine? And I got to pick the best wines for the next one. So I've got <laughs> something to look forward to. Even my husband went, oh, what are you doing on the podcast? I said, no and low. And he went, oh, and I said, yeah, but I'm doing good French afterwards and I've picked what I want to drink. But it is worth doing no and low because it's the category is growing so fast. People want this stuff. Like, no and low alcohol is is definitely huge in the wellness trend and alcohol is jumping on board. Yeah. Beer is incredibly successful. Seltzers are low alcohol. They're doing really well and wine needs to catch up. It's um, So we're going to taste few, a few and see how they are. But first, Meg, uh, what have you been drinking this week? So this week I've been drinking a Heathcote Shiraz from Whispering Eagle. I'd never really heard of them, but Pete, my husband has been back and forth. He used to make Heathcote Shiraz and knew this guy and would drop in and get some of his wines. And I think it was an Arinto that he had. Mm. And he picked up some Shiraz and in Halliday's wine companion thing, I think he got best new winery. So he's kind of gone from zero to hero. Hmm. I had a bottle in the um, the wine cabinet and since it was a pretty miserable weekend, yeah. I opened it on um, Saturday night and it was really delicious and I'm not a fan of Heathcote Shiraz 2018. Lots of oak, lots of that earthy, muddy, dark fruit of Heathcote, but just perfectly balanced. What was balanced. the brand again? Whispering Eagle. Whispering Eagle, all right. Really, really, really good. Do you know if we can get it from like Dan's or whatever? I know it's at the Prince Wine Store oh, because – I'd seen that ex that we'd we'd done it as a WCT thing and then we didn't end up using it and blah right. blah blah blah. Um, and I said to Pete, "Oh, we've, that's the one that we've got." And so I was surprised they had it. So it's something to. Uh, I think it's just one. And guy. you'd recommend? Yeah, definitely. Okay, definitely. Cool. And for me, you know, I don't like those big sort of alcohol numbers, but it just was. Superb. We had it with um, beef ribs, slow-cooked beef ribs with so barbecue, sweet baby rays. It looks like it's not available on, like, the main retailers, but all the cool kids are selling it. Like, um, well, that's cool Armadale, Armadale sales and sellers and Nick's. My and understanding like of the, the guy that runs it is he's not a cool kid, so uh, that's kind of cool. That's fun. <laughs> Good on him. Good. All right. And uh, fun fact, Meg? Fun fact. Okay. This is going to be Mel's reaction. I just want you to have a look at this photograph. This is an actual wine bottle. 
Oh my god, that is so funny. <laughs> okay, for those that you can't see, because this is radio, um, it I'm, is a wine bottle my, shaped like a, a penis. A penis. My, I'm just like hanging here with my mouth open, being like, "Oh my god, I can't believe." That and how bottle. graphic and gross is, is it? This picture. Okay, this is definitely going on our Instagram. It's you so, have to send me this photo. It's two blokes that were sitting in a park. Yeah. And realised that there wasn't really a wine for hens parties. To be perfectly honest, that will mm-hmm. work a treat. And they admit in the in the the interview that they had that the wine's pretty simple. It's dry and fruity. Oh, so they basically, don't care. saying who cares? it doesn't it's really. A dick. Who gives a crap? Oh my it's god, that's so funny. What's so it a, called? Um, Do you have it? I have no idea. I want it at my hens night. Um, Friends listening, take note. Well, the website's tips called Tips. I want penis wine. And they said that's when the words that would have would change our lives were spoken. What if the champagne bottles were shaped like a penis? I can't believe men came up with this. The, that's obviously a bloke. The next obvious question is what inspired the penis bottle's particular shape and girth? And <laughs> Shaw says, I can neither confirm nor deny who the model may have been, but we made sure to go through many rounds of design to make sure it came out perfect. Fair enough. Is what their comment was. Um, I don't know. It's just the just just the tipsy website reads. Just the tipsy, maybe. Wow. So there's an incredible amount of penis tattoos, cups, penis drawers, penis everything that was involved. That's why we thought we better get. I hope the wine penis. is like Pinot Gris or something. Oh my god. Penis Pinot. Mm, okay. So anyway, we, I we, thought that was just this will be a test. Gross. This is a test to see if um someone's <laughs> listening, but someone who um we who works for us at Rob Dolan once made the comment. Uh, we were just talking about like different markets, and he was like, "We really need to penetrate that market." And we're all like a bunch of kids, obviously, because we thought it was yes, hilarious. Uh-huh. Um, but there you go. That would be a, that would be a good wine to penetrate the market yes. with. Well, it'd be a bit painful <laughs> penetration. I tell you what. <laughs> oh my god! All right. On that okay, note, we'll leave that out. Let's get into. Oh no, that's staying in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on that note, no and low alcohol wine. Do you want to give us a bit of an intro, Meg? Yeah, as you said, it's a growing sector. Um, and in the past, no alcohol wine, and you may recall the ones that are sold in the supermarket sort of on the bottom shelves, have just been effectively juice. Yeah. Um, but we've been able to de-alcoholise wine for probably 30 years now. Um, yeah. And that technology is improving. So the, the key to do it is to try and retain aromatics because they're volatile as well. So some of them come out with the alcohol at the same time as you're taking yeah. the alcohol out. And alcohol gives weight and body and texture. So in my experience, these wines have just sat very flat and mm. broad on your palate. They've had some flavour. Yeah. But certainly I've got a Giesen, um Pure Light. So they're from New Zealand and they are actually taking it right back to the vineyard. So they're growing very high high crop loads. So yeah. basically the vine can't ripen the load as much. So they're yeah. naturally low in alcohol, okay. but they're developing the flavours. So they're doing it in Pinot Gris and Sauvignon Blanc. Mainly, if you, if you from what I saw on the shelves, mainly aromatic grape varieties because you need yes. to keep as much as you possibly yeah. can. I mean, that makes sense. Even though we do have a Chardonnay. Um, I think this is a really good thing to point out here is I've had multiple friends look at the price of – 
uh, not just wine, but like gins and stuff. Mm. And they're always like, how can it cost this much when they've taken out the alcohol? But I think that's an interesting point that you've made is that they make the wine and then they take out the alcohol. So they're adding an extra step. So even though you as a consumer, you feel like you're getting one less thing in terms of the production of it, it's taking longer. That applies to wine. It doesn't apply to spirits because in gotcha. spirits, a lot of the, what you're paying is tax on the actual alcohol content itself. Okay. Because we were a rum nation, we don't like yeah. having too much alcohol. And so <laughs> you tax on the, the alcohol content. But with these, yeah, it is a technology. They're investing. These machines cost hundreds of thousands of yeah. dollars. So McGuigan's is probably the biggest player, I think, in Australia. They're yeah. based up around oh, – they're everywhere, but um, New South Wales primarily. But I've also got a Blue Nun German uh, – Blue soft, Nun? Yeah, Blue Nun. It's is called it? Blue Nun. Don't you remember Blue Nun? I've never oh heard of it. Oh, my God, that was a massive German Riesling hock brand. Oh, my God, that is freaking it's hilarious. Probably the, do, you know, do you remember Black – do you know Black Tower? No. So it came in a black bottle. No. Um, Blue Nun and Black Tower – they were huge. And the, <laughs> and the blue nun was called Liebfraumilch, which means young lady's milk. Ew. And it had like a young Germanic girl holding a baby. No, yeah. you're kidding. Yeah. Blue nun. Wow. Um, I don't know. Oh, actually, it does have a nun on it. Hmm. <laughs> Not quite sure. So the first one we've got okay. is a Freysonet. We did Freysonet. We've done them a couple of times. What did we we've do We've done Carva and then we did their rosé. The rosé, that's right. This is <laughs> advertised as alcohol removed, which I thought was interesting. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Pre- I think that's a good yeah. way to do it. Actually. Premium sparkling wine. Um, it's pink. It's rosé. 0.05% alcohol. So yeah. that effectively equates to no alcohol. Well, that's the same as like bitters and stuff. Um, and believe it or not, orange juice. Ah, yeah. Okay, so they go. 0.05% because they can't guarantee that orange juice won't re-ferment in mm. bottle to a degree. Um, it's classed as no alcohol, but yeah. even though it's just a juice. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. So it's sparkling. Um, it's got a good little collar of yeah, bubbles it around it. It smells bubble gummy. Yeah. Sort of like cherry lollies. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh, you're so dramatic. Okay. It's not that bad. <laughs> there's sugar in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely sugar finishes in there. It's crisp fine. and clean, but it just lacks any mid palate. You're waiting for a bit of a punch. Nah, but so, okay. It's drinkable. Here is the difference between you and I. You are assessing it as though it's a wine, whereas I think I've come in with a completely True. different a drink. mindset as like, yeah, this is a drink. This is a non-alcoholic. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a fancy soft drink. So as a fancy soft drink, it's got some lovely cranberry. The bubble's nice. It's not too aggressive. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the sugar. It finishes crisp and clean. And if you had that, admittedly, we're having these at sort of probably about 15 degrees Celsius. They yeah. would be better a bit colder. It would be better. Um, as a non-alcoholic drink, it's fine. Are you allowed to call it wine? I don't think you are. Yeah, just called premium sparkling. None yeah. of these say wine. There is a law it's around fair. the term yeah. wine. So, yes, Freysonet, they're all about $15, these wines. 15 That's cheaper than I thought they'd be, actually. The other thing about that, it's got quite, for me, quite a lot of sulfur dioxide on there. Have yeah. you got sort of a struck match yes. character in your mouth? Yeah. Um, you don't need to put it out because pour it out because it can't get you drunk. Yeah, I know, but, you know, I'm just trying to be healthy. There's sugar in it. 
there's a fair amount of sugar in there. Yeah. Okay, so the next one we have is a 2020 Geeson Pure Light from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Now, these are the guys that are actually investing in vineyard and winery. The full flavour, 25% low, lighter in alcohol, so it only has 9%. One of the things that I thought was interesting, I was saying that there's a, a wine, Tread Softly, mm-hmm. um, that claims on the front label to be low – Lower in alcohol, and there's a little asterisk on it. And you turn the bottle around, it says 10% lower. So it's gone from, say, 12.5% yeah. to 11.3%. I thought that was a little bit rude. Um, I wasn't too impressed. I'm not sure that would get past our back, actually. Well, it, it's it not, needs to be it's pretty obvious. Lying. It needs to be on the front, I think, what it's lower than. Yeah, I th- I just thought that was a bit interesting. And all yeah, of these wines, that's in, in I got all of these from Dan Murphy's. All of these wines were in the next to the Pinot Gris section, and I think because Gris Grigio mm. is one of the aromatic grape varieties that they're making a lot of these wines out of. Yeah, that it's kind of attracting you. But Maggie so Beer's got one twenty, really? Okay, which is hilarious because she's not a. No, but she used she to like get food juice. Do you remember that? No. Food juice is um, just grape must and she uses it in cooking. V-E-R yeah. juice, which means green juice. So it's really acidic. So it's used right. in salad dressings and she uses it on chicken and spatchcock and blah, 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 blah. I think she's just added some water to it and bottled it <laughs> and non-alcoholic wine. I was at like um, a food awards once and she was there and she can party. She wasn't drinking low alcohol that night. Yeah. <laughs> we love her. All right, so 25% lighter in alcohol. So 9%. 9%. Which still is, you know, it's not that low. You can get German wines that are that low. And this is advertising itself as pure light, you know, lower in alcohol. But it smells like a bruised pear. It does. Mm. And a bit of, I don't know, green olive or something? Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. You know what? I'd drink that. I would drink that colder. Yep, me too. Um, I would do a Mrs. Gilchrist and put some ice in it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's it's not much. That's pretty drinkable. But how many flavor? But it's it is yeah. There's not much flavor. So but, you get yeah. five point three standard drinks to a bottle on a hot day, right? You know how like. Okay, I'm thinking of Triple J Day where you, like, spend the whole day drinking. It's, like, January. It's, like, 30 degrees. Mm. You don't want a high alcohol wine. No. That you could go really cold and drink it all day. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? That would do well in a can. Yeah, it would. So yeah, you're right. That would do. Do your marketing for you, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, in terms of low we'll alcohol, I know you will get, diss me for my love of Asti Spumanti, but that only has three standard drinks in a bottle, so I can take that to a party and glug all night and drive home. But that's super sugary. It is. These ones don't have quite as much. No, this feels quite dry. I mean, that yeah. is that yeah, is definitely like a good The acid option. is nice. Yeah. Well, Kiwis know what they're doing. And these guys, like I said, are really investing – they want it to be a mm. category. Yeah. They want it to get to get it lower. They actually want to get it to five percent, but not through dealcoholization. Mm. So they're working in their vineyard because they realise that well, you know, the Kiwis are so smart. Yeah. Um, they realise that it's going to be a growing category. Mm. Not bad. Yeah, on your Gason. Um the next one we have is McGuigan's Zero, and it has a very McGuigan seriously ugly sticker on it. I'm not quite sure why. 
that's 0.00 alcohol. It just pulls off. Seems like a waste of time. McGuigan Zero. I reckon they're going for like the sticker will only be for the first year or something to get people's attention and then they'll go with the normal label. Well, I actually think I think the packaging is quite Stickers nice. Stickers are the new neck tags. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I think it's really ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is Chardonnay. Now, this is alcohol-free. <sighs> so it's apparently got some oak in it. Um, these are de-alcoholized. I know McGuigan's have the machine. So it'd be interesting if it tastes like Chardonnay. Oh, oh it's Chardonnay. Mm. Do you reckon it's been? Um... It says vanilla and peach, so I'm assuming some oak, honey melon flavors, with toasty oak, ensuring a generous, rounded, generous finish. Oh, and interesting, it's got nutrition information: ninety kilojoules per hundred mils. That's like twenty-five calories. Calories. Less twenty, maybe. That's nothing. Per 100 mils. Per 100 mils. Yep. Yeah, so a small glass is. Yeah, but it would be a waste of calories if it doesn't taste decent. Oh, well, let's see. <laughs> let's get in there. Good colour. Oh, smells like Chardonnay. Does smell varietal, um, stone fruit, apricot, bit of almond, bit of toast. Mm. <laughs> okay, it's just... It has no alcohol in it, so you're right. It is Chardonnay-esque. It's the quite nice. Tasting note sounds like Chardonnay, but it. the biggest thing for me is the oak feels like it's sitting on top of the rest of the flavour. It's not really integrated with it. Well, my guess is this has been chipped or staged mm. because it's a cheap wine, and why would you put in barrels if you're making a non-alcohol wine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chardonnay, but again, I, I prefer, I mean, I know, well, the, the Geeson's actually got alcohol in it. So yeah, it's so just, it's hard to compare. You can't compare It gives that mid-palate weight. Yeah. But that is um, drinkable, cold. I would almost add insult to injury and make that a spritzer and add some yeah. a 50-50 yeah. soda water. That's what I actually do with the un- – the de-alcoholized wines, I make them spritzes. Um, the Freshenay, I would drink over this for sure. Just a bit short, simple. Um, yeah. Yeah, it does the job, but. I want to try the Blue Nun. Mm, okay, so Blue Nun. It's called the Blue Nun. That's so funny. Soft and fruity, alcohol-free red wine. Yeah. So, well, it's also got calorie information. So, 26 calories per 100 mils. It contains de-alcoholized wine, grape must, rectified grape must concentrate, concentrate sulfur dioxide, and less than 0.5% alcohol from Germany. Mm. Grape variety? What do you reckon? Pinot? It no. looks too. It looks way too dark to be a Pinot. Oh, no, it's a, no, it still doesn't look like Pinot, though. Nah. What the hell is this? It's kind of thick and look at it when I pour it out. It's almost juicy. It is. It's like syrupy or something. Beautiful colour. Oh, it's sweet. It smells sweet. Mm. <laughs> it smells raspberry cordial. Um, very prunes. Bu- yeah, very uh, bubblegummy as well. It smells like prune juice. It does smell like prune juice, actually. You're right. I don't want to drink it, especially looking at your face right now. 
Oh. No, that is a do not put in mouth one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It's prune juice with lots of acid. Right. It's almost citricy acid as well. Like it doesn't feel right. It's sweet. Oh. Yeah. It's gaggy. Oh, my God. It's like actually I thought you'd be dramatic. You're not. It's not good. No, no, no. That's not. No. <laughs> that's awful. Can we get in trouble for saying a wine is this awful? We're going to get sued or something. It's not wine. <laughs> it's um, a fruity red drink. Red yeah. wine. Oh, my God. Yeah. And sulfur. I'm yeah. really sensitive to sulfur um, at the moment and I can't even eat my pickled onions anymore because they start to make me wheeze. And that has definitely got sulfur in it because I feel quite wheezy. So as a category, um, Freycinet, yes, yes, I would do. Yes. The Giesen, you know, 9% alcohol. Yes. These are mainly white wines, okay. So can we um, generalise the red, which was revolting, <laughs> to other red wines that have anti-alcoholised? Or there were only three available. Okay, so it works better. One with of white? which was a Maggie Beers. Yeah. Um, okay. Because what they tend to do is they, from what I've been investigating the winemaking, so they'll um, do a quick ferment, so you don't get a lot of tannins because because there's no alcohol, you don't you lack body which you need for for tannins, mm. and so it does feel cloying and mm. then they add I mean they've got two lots of sugar in there they, do, they yeah. just add back so they yeah. strip everything away and then sort of add it back it's not um, yeah. pleasant but mm, no so like but it's a huge section in Dan Murphy's yeah so non-alcoholic beer is awesome like um, Heineken zero Heinekens I love them like I okay. really happily drink them. Like I go out of my way. Like if I'm ever not drinking because I'm being like trying to be health conscious or something, I'll always go and pick myself a pack of the Zero Heineken's to like have at a barbecue. Never had it. Oh, really? Oh, well, do you like beer? I do like beer, but I like it with alcohol in it. Yeah. Oh, I'll get some for your taste. Okay. But would you do it? Like if you you, you don't drink during the week now, so would you drink this freshening? No. no. You wouldn't drink it in place of? No. I don't. I don't see the point of substituting it. Yeah, and I, I get um, what I kind of understand why people do, but I'd rather not drink than drink that any of those. Yeah. Okay. Um. I. You know, wine is such a pleasure to me, and I enjoy it so much that why would I substitute <laughs> it for something that's really crappy? It's like having yeah. McDonald's when you could have a Michelin starred restaurant. I'm not just not gonna. Yeah. Eat McDonald's. Um. So no, I would never. The face and a. I could probably drink. Yeah, can you pass that? I might have. I'm going to try it again. I think I actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I need to pour out my uh, disgusting blue yeah, nun. Yeah, use my new coffee cup. <laughs> Don't water. Oh, no, we'll just make Ooh. it pinker. Look at you. Yeah, nice. Double oh. barreled. Oh. All right. And the Freestone looks, you know, it looks pretty. It does look pretty. They're packaging. I, yeah, I, one day when I have like a baby in me and I feel sad about not being able to drink wine, I reckon I would definitely turn to that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what I've a had, reaction. To, mm. I've had two babies. Someone's told Meg that if she doesn't have anything nice to say, not say anything. <laughs> My mum used to say that. Mm. Got nothing to say. Nice to say, don't say anything at all. Yeah, that's um, all right. I drink that. 
it's okay. Yeah. It, look, it's ref- it's a nice drink. Yeah, it's refreshing. Kind of tastes sherbety. Yeah, but I don't drink soft drinks. So the only mm. things that I drink water or wine, or alcohol. Really, <laughs> that is it. And maybe awesome. a beer um, and the old gin and tonic every Saturday night. Yeah. The old- but I don't. I don't drink soft drinks. I don't drink kombucha. I don't drink any of that. The odd gin and tonic every day. <laughs> I'm only allowed to have one because Pete says I get too aggressive and nasty if I have two gin and tonics. Surely that's okay. Let's can can we get like look? We have time because obviously we don't care enough about this um, category to go over time. But um. I think that's a lie that different kinds of alcohol produce different. Like how can gin make you aggressive but not wine? It's all just alcohol. Well, remember they used to call it blue gin and it actually was a disease because there was when they distilled it, they got be- – was it benzene? It was something in there. Okay, Tori, you're shaking your head. What's – Gin 100% makes you aggressive. Yeah, I, yes. I actually feel aggressive. I only have Tori to say, said that feel. she'll fight somebody. And she's she's like, like the biggest, the sweetest kitten little, in the world. Like, yeah. Oh my god! Same with me. Yeah. Oh my god! You two, I'm going to put you on gin and see what happens. Uh, it could be the tonic water. <laughs> no, it's like an alternate. Okay, weird. I do feel like I feel really short tempered, and I get like just. Yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. I know. Okay. Can we – next section, we're going to come back with a little bit of science on this, I think. We're going to have to discuss this. I will have a look. Can you please? Because – yeah, okay. All right. Let's um, finish up here. Uh, we have a message from Laura this week. A really lovely message. Thank you for getting in touch, Laura. Hi, Megan Mal. Fan here saying a huge hello. I uh, found your podcast. It's now my go-to podcast for my train commute. Uh, I've learned so much. After deciding on a career change, I'm setting my sights on the wine and events industry. Just wondering, as a lover of wine with novice level knowledge, what advice you would give someone moving into the wine industry? I am planning on enrolling in Wesset. Huge love for you and Pinot Noir. What do you reckon, Meg? Definitely do your WSET level two and three. That will get your foot in the door and it's an industry standard. What, skip one? Yeah, don't do one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and even if you've got some basic knowledge, yeah. you can skip two by doing a test. Oh, really? They can test your knowledge. They yeah. they will assume that you have the level two knowledge. Yeah. But level two is not a prerequisite for level three. Okay. But the level two knowledge is. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, so definitely do those two. And then my advice would be when you when we open up to restaurants, I'm assuming you're in Melbourne, I'm not sure. Mm. Um Go into restaurants that you like with wine lists that you like and actually talk to the people on the floor and ask them how they got into it, what they're doing, do they enjoy it. And I would also, as a woman, try and talk to women because it's just been interesting the last few weeks. I've had quite a few women, um, because restaurants are reopening, they've been questioning their sommelier career choice because it's been really tough for them. Yeah. And, you know, some of them want to have babies and – they can't imagine themselves doing it on the floor at 50 and 60 yeah. and, you know, what are they going to do? So set yourself up um, to do it for a few years to get knowledge, but I wouldn't plan on it being a lifestyle choice. But you can do, go into event planning yeah. where you're more behind the scenes but you're not physically slapping wine, you know, slinging bottles as the yeah. cool kids say. Um, so I would just – Make sure you have a cl- clear path of where you want to end up. I mean, wine is something 
that you, you can always you never stop learning about and there's always product knowledge yeah. um but if you are in melbourne we are talking with a few industry chicks about getting together yeah. a group yeah um just so women can talk about what their career pathways are yeah so it'll just be a very informal taste. sounds like she's i've just had a quick look looks like she's in south australia okay but, um, well, great place for wine i mean great place for wine Go to Mother Vine and tell David I sent you. <laughs> David Lemire, if you're listening. Someone's looking for a job. <laughs> awesome. And keep us in the loop. We love hearing this stuff. Let Ooh, us know how you're going. East End Cellars or the Edinburgh Hotel. Isn't in, there like a wine Australia, like a wine yeah, discovery centre thing? But, you know, retail's just booming at the moment. The, the Wine Discovery Centre in That's Herbre, it. Yeah. It? Yeah, 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 yeah. That place. Yes. Yeah. I know someone there too. That's James. Kinda, lovely kinda man. Weird. Is it? Hmm. Well, I know it's that like guy an, there. Let us know if you like need an interactive interest, thing. Girl. We got you. Yeah. Right. Wine Australia's based out of there now. It's Are a they? whole yeah, well, wine centre. Look, you're in the right state for it. You're in the right town for it. Um, yeah. Just talk to people and decide whether you want to do hospo retail, buying, selling. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like hospitality because of events. You know what? Actually, sales, if you don't want to do it forever – working for like a distributor or selling wine is actually a really cool pathway. Like there's some cool jobs yeah, in wine sales. That's all for today. Don't forget that we have a wine map up on our website. Um, it is in the link in our Instagram. And send us your suggestions. Where are the best places you drink wine? It is becoming quite the list. Um, yes, so I've just added my two faves. You have. And it's like it's. I think it will be particularly good when I go interstate. Yeah. And I'm looking for somewhere. Um, but it's really cool. I've definitely already found a new places that I can't wait to go to when things open. Cool. But we'll be back next week. Um, we're going to go into French wines. We're going to start with whites. Um, but until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. Drink well. Bye.